Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. This is Julia with Advisorpedia, and today we're here with Christopher Zook, the founder, chairman, and chief investment officer of CAS Investments, a curator of unique investing opportunities Christopher brings us an exciting preview of his upcoming book, The Holy Grail of Investing. It's co-authored with number one New York Times bestseller, Tony Robbins, and comes out February 13th. Welcome to the podcast, Christopher. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. So to start off, can you tell us how Kaz Investments has positioned itself in the realm of alternative investments and what you would say sets it apart from traditional investment firms? Well, it's interesting. And the way I would answer the question is that we are really one of the most unique in the landscape of alternative investing, simply because of the fact that we are able to go wherever the opportunity is. As we like to say, it's a little corny, but it's true. We can go anywhere to invest in anything at any time. So that freedom gives us the ability to go wherever the opportunities are. And then we do that for our own personal capital. And then we will invite basically our entire network, which is very large now, We have over 3,100 investors in all 50 states and 13 countries. They have the ability to know that we are first investing and they are coming alongside of us in our personal money, which means that we're very, very aligned with them. And so to give you some perspective, we have about 600 million of our own money invested in our own vehicles and we're always the largest in what we do. So that doesn't mean it's going to work. Obviously, there's no guarantees in life, but it does mean that we're totally aligned And because of the size and the breadth, and we've actually grown quite a bit, we've gone from $3.8 billion to about $6 billion uh, in current assets under management. And the reason is that now people are more familiar with our firm. And that size and that breadth gives us the ability to make some of the most unique investments on the planet and to have access to things that investors literally would never be able to get access to. We're the 182nd largest allocator to private equity in the world, ahead of most universities that people know or foundations or endowments that they might recognize. The reason is all uh, alternative investing is all we do. And so as a result, we're able to write checks as small as a million dollars, or literally we have recently written a check as large as a billion dollars into a single investment. So that's really unusual, gives us access to some amazing opportunities that we're able to do for ourselves and for our ecosystem, our network. Great. And like I mentioned, you have a book coming out. Can you tell us about writing this book with Tony Robbins and maybe how your experience with Kaz Investments fits into the overall purpose of the book? Writing the book with Tony has been a lot of fun. And Tony is a shareholder in our firm. He's a partner. And I also say he's a dear, dear friend. And I've said this on other settings, you know, other than my faith and other than my wife, no one has had more of an impact on my life than Tony Robbins. So it is really a, 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 a treat to be able to write this book with him. And the reason we chose to write it is because what we do and the access that we can provide investors and the advisors that manage and advise those investors is something that they can't get anywhere else. And it gives people a lot of opportunity that they don't really understand that they have. There's more alternative investments available to people than they recognize. And most of the time they don't make those investments because they just don't understand them. And they're a little bit hard to 
get inside of the, as Tony likes to say, inside of the velvet rope, because it's just not something that most people can write a billion dollar check or even a hundred million dollar check, which is the minimum for many of the things that we do. So what we wanted to do with the book was to educate the investing population on what alternatives investments are, how they can add value to a portfolio, and what we refer to as the holy grail concept. The holy grail of investing is only able to be exercised by getting a lot of different types of assets and alternative investments fit at the forefront of that approach. So when you look at the vast majority of people, they don't understand that much about alternative investments in general. And so they're, they're timid or they're shy about pursuing those investments. We wanted to break down those barriers, or as Tony likes to refer to it, of basically take people behind the velvet rope to be able to give them access and information that normally they would never hear anywhere else unless they were able to write checks as large as $100 million or a billion dollars like some of the investments that we make. So what we did is the first half of the book is all about education, all about information, all about evaluation. What is private credit? What is real estate? What is venture capital? Why would you want to own a piece of a private asset management business? Why would you want to own a professional sports team? And then the second half of the book is all interviews with the top performers, literally the people at the top of their game in each of those spaces, giving readers the ability to sit in a private session where Tony and I interviewed this person and they shared information that historically they really have not shared outside of a very small circle of institutional investors. By giving people that opportunity to understand how these people became successful, what sets them apart from their competitors, and why their firms are able to generate these enormous returns year after year after year, that is something that most people will really find valuable. And we think people will really like the book because A, it is very informative. It's going to set them up also to be very successful and to understand the investment landscape at a much deeper level. And you brought up the concept of the holy grail of investing, which is also the title of the book. Can you walk us through the meaning? And I also understand it's a trilogy. So this is the third book in Tony's kind of financial trilogy. So the first two books were really more focused on the public markets. And this book is focused almost exclusively on the private markets. A lot of people don't realize this, but 87% of all of the companies in the United States that do more than $100 million in revenue, they are private. They're not publicly traded. Obviously, we're familiar with these very large mega companies, the Apples, the Amazons of the world that are public, but 87% of the big companies in our country are not public. So the only way to invest in them is in the private markets. So the holy grail of investing builds upon that concept that there's so much more that you can do in the alternatives world than just in the public markets. So Ray Dalio really made this statement famous, the holy grail of investing, and he borrowed the concept, and he built upon the concept of Harry Markowitz, who won the Nobel Prize in 1990 because he proved through what he called modern portfolio theory, that if you actually add less correlated or non-correlated assets to a portfolio, you can reduce your risk by up to 80% and actually increase the opportunity for return. And that's totally counterintuitive to people. People go, well, if I want more return, I got to take more risk. And what Markowitz won the Nobel Prize for is he proved that's not true. You actually can take less risk 
and actually get the same return or potentially even more return. And where Ray Dalio deserves so much credit for is he made this understandable for investors. So the book is building upon that concept. Well, if you truly want to get something that's non-correlated, you're not going to be able to do it by buying Amazon and Apple. They're going to have very high correlation to each other. You need to buy things that zig when others zag. And it's such an easy concept that most people never fully understand. The, the illustration that's simple, you have a golf shop and you're deciding what you're going to stock in your golf shop. And all you hold is rain gear. All you sell is rain gear. Well, some days you're going to sell a lot of rain gear. Other days you're going to sell any rain gear. And if you only stock your shelves with sunscreen, some days you're going to sell a lot. Some days you're going to sell none. Well, if you stock your shelves with both, then one day you're going to sell a lot of one product and the other day you're going to sell a lot of another product. And over time, you're going to have good sales. It's more predictable. That is true in the investment world as well. If you can find things that are zigging and zagging at different times, then you are going to end up with hopefully a smoother roller coaster ride on the path to the returns that you seek. The book explores various strategies as part of the growing trend towards democratization and alternative investments. Could you elaborate on maybe one or two of the key strategies that investors might not be thinking about? So there's two that really have gotten a lot of attention. You know, most people are familiar with real estate as alternative assets or even private credit a little bit uh, or energy and things of that nature. But most people didn't ever realize that they can actually own a piece of a private asset management firm. Buying a piece in the general partner is the term is. You have a general partner, you have a limited partner. And you can actually own a general partner of a firm that manages portfolios for investors. Then in that situation where they typically charge a 2% management fee and receive 20% of the profits, instead of just being the person that is paying those fees, you're actually earning those fees for yourself. And we're one of the largest investors in the world in this space. And it is just amazing how few people realize that it's better to use Tony's phrase, instead of betting on a horse, you're actually owning the entire racetrack. Most people understand that concept. And when you own a firm and you're collecting the 2% and you're collecting the 20%, you are putting yourself in a position to have a higher probability of success with potentially an even higher rate of return. That's the first one that really has gotten people's attention. Like, I didn't even know I could do that. The second one, which everybody knows, but they never realized that they actually could buy one, is professional sports. So many investors would love to own their local team. You know, it's, it's amazing in the world of sports, we have these things that we call fanatics, otherwise known as fans. They are so fanatical about their team and their sport that they will literally drop everything to be able to watch their home team play, to be able to give up everything before they give up their season tickets. And they're generational. These are businesses that have been around in some cases for decades, if not even hundred, more than a hundred years that are generation to generation to generation. Fans are born, they're not just acquired. And what most people fully don't appreciate is that they can own a stake in professional sports now, only recently. In the last several years, had the major leagues in North America, baseball, basketball, hockey, and soccer allowed, and soon hopefully the NFL, to allow investors of a very specific type 
of a very specific qualification to be able to own a stake in a professional sports team. Historically, it was just the mega wealthy Walton family just bought the Denver Broncos. Everybody is aware of that. No problem. But not everybody has as much money as the Walton family. So we are showing in the book how people can actually own a piece of a professional sports team like the Golden State Warriors or the Houston Astros or the Boston Red Sox or in Formula One, Aston Martin, et cetera. We own a piece of Liverpool, et cetera. And we talk about that in the book. And those are concepts that have no correlation. And in the case of sports, it doesn't really matter what happens with the S&P 500. It doesn't really matter what happens to the world in general because these are monopolies, legally monopolies, and they have this moat around their businesses that are so unique. And we go into a lot of detail in the book about that. And you mentioned earlier the second half of the book features interviews with top asset managers. To kind of wrap up our episode here, could you share any standout insights or emerging opportunities from those discussions? The thing that is so amazing about those interviews, and, and they are truly some of the most interesting conversations that I've ever had as an individual. And I get to interview typically, we look at 1,500 investments every year. So I get to interview some of the very top people in all of the world of finance. And these 13 interviews were so enlightening because of the fact that we learned a lot more about their backstory, about what made them successful as individuals, about why they're different. You know, it's not necessarily that they're smarter. It's not necessarily that they work harder, but they have this secret sauce that has enabled them to be literally the very best in their industry. And it is fascinating to see how it is about being curious and about not just accepting an answer that somebody gives you, but understanding the why behind the why behind the why. And then applying that with a rigorous discipline that is repeatable. And that's the thing that was one of the most key takeaways is that in everything that happens in life at a very, very high level, there is a repeatable process. So whether that is, you know, obviously we didn't interview a brain surgeon, but I can guarantee you a brain surgeon follows the same protocol and the same procedure every single surgery and then adapts based on what they find. The same thing from a pilot who takes us from point A to point B. We want them to use a checklist before they take off on that airplane. The same is true as investing. These investors add enormous value through applying a proven process in a disciplined fashion. And that's something I think the readers will really enjoy. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Christopher. We really appreciate you coming on. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Once again, look out for the new book, The Holy Grail of Investing, out February 13th. And to learn more about Kaz Investments, please visit kazinvestments.com. Please follow us for timely updates on X, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Julia Smolin.